The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Accessing State of Search Live from Europe. Welcome to the home of the latest search marketing news and views of the world. Welcome to the state of search. Our hosts scope the entire search marketing space from Berlin to Bucharest, London to Lisbon, the Silicon Valley, and beyond. Search marketers from around the world discuss the latest headlines and issues in search engine marketing, social media, and more. WebmasterRadio.fm presents State of Search with your hosts, Boss Vandenveld and Roy Hoiskies. Hello, welcome to another episode of State of Search on WebmasterRadio.fm. I'm Boss Vandenveld, and I'm not joined by Roy today. He's, uh, he's out, and uh, that's too bad because he's missing a great talk. Um, in my hand, I am holding a book called Optimize. Now, that search right there, you would, you would say. Um, the, the author of that book is with me on the line right now, Lee Auden. Hi, Lee. Hi, Vas. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, it's very exciting times right now. <laughs> yes. You, as, as said, I'm, I'm holding your book, which is, which is out. Uh, is it a week now or, or more? Two weeks? It's, it came out in the U.S. Um, about a week ago. About a week ago. You, you want to hear a funny story? I do, a, as you know, I do a lot of training sessions. This mm-hmm. um, last Thursday, um, well, I tweeted out uh, two weeks ago that I couldn't. When you tweeted a uh, or Facebook, I don't remember which one of it was, but <laughs> you 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 <laughs> you sent a picture out of the new book with the the cover, and I, uh, I I tweeted saying, "Oh, I'm looking forward to reading this one." Last Thursday, I did a training session here in Holland, and I uh, I, I got to the training sessions. And uh, every time I do a training session, I start off with uh, something called "What did you see last week?" So because I'm trying to get uh, my students to look around and, and learn from the stuff which is going around uh, around them, one of the students says, "Well, I bought a book, and you have to know I'm doing this training at a at a publisher." Uh, so I was like, okay, yeah, you bought a book, right? So, yeah, well, I bought a book because uh, uh, because you uh, mentioned it on mentioned it on Twitter. So I downloaded it on um, I bought it and downloaded it on my iPad. And to be honest, I can't stop reading about it. I can't stop reading it. And he's and so I was like, oh, what book is that? He says, Optimize. So that was a nice start, right? <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Wow, that's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, the funny that. thing. Funny thing was that the, the, I'm doing a complete course there, and and the, the session before that I was talking about search and keyword research, and well, if you start reading the book, then there's a lot of that, that stuff in it, and and um, I started reading the book uh, earlier this week when you when I when I got a copy, and uh, I must admit that I have the same feeling that guy had because I, I kept I keep on reading as well, um, also because it's a lot in line of the things I'm teaching at at uh, at those training sessions, so that that is really a good thing. How long did it take you to write the book? Well, there are foundational ideas in there that I've been talking about for a long time. The practical aspect of writing the book 
was an insanely short amount of time, two and a half to three months. And wow. um, yeah, yeah. And I had a couple of my team members, you know, helping out editorially, um, doing a little bit of research. Um, I had a fellow named Mike Yonke, who has been with my agency for at least five years. He did a lot of work on the keyword research chapter, mm -hmm. um, but the rest, the rest, um, you know, it was me just cranking it out for the most part. Um, and then I had Ashley Zekman, who was uh, on my team recently, um, totally hit the ground running and helped me project manage everything. Uh, it's unbelievable how many things you have to take into account when writing a book. It's not like blogging at all. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I can crank out 1,500 word blog posts, sometimes 2,000 words. It's just way too long. It, you know, not a problem, um, at least after eight years of practice. But yeah. 60,000 words or 70,000 words, you know, um, is a different thing. And All about the same topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so there was a storytelling element that I wanted to bring into the book. And the genesis of those ideas, as I mentioned, go back a ways. Um, funny, you know Jill Whalen? Yes. Um, she, used, she used to have a series of seminars years ago called the high-ranking seminars or whatever. When she came to Minneapolis and asked me to speak, I did a presentation called How to Un-Google Your Search Engine Marketing. And the idea was how can you market your website without worrying so much about SEO tips and tricks and loopholes and whatever. Um, be independent of Google. The irony there is that if you do that, your search visibility in Google will go up anyway. And what I focused on were blogs, social media. This is 2007. Blogs, social media, optimized press releases, and the power of a content distribution network. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you, know, you know, it was just kind of funny. And, and um, so, 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 yeah, it took a short amount of time to physically write the book, and that was a lot of nights and weekends. But the foundational idea is have been around for a while. And, and certainly they're not new to me. There's lots of other really smart people talking about these things. So, so did it all come out of your mind or did you do a lot of research? Um, you know, a lot more came out of my mind than I imagined possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so um, um, what, what yeah, I underestimate, your mind? <laughs> I, I, I underestimate myself, I guess. I don't know. Um, no, really, it's because of blogging every day, you know, and so that – and you know this, I know. Um, the process of consuming information, thinking about it, and then writing about it and, you know, doing that every day has a cumulative effect. Plus, if you're a good curator and, you know, I bookmark a lot of stuff. I, I save notes in Evernote about different things and I keep it organized. And so I have this repository of knowledge, I guess, that – isn't just in my head, obviously. It's 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 curated, and, and I've got it available digitally that I leveraged, um, you know, in the form of statistics and research and things like that. I would have liked to have done a lot more original research, primary research, uh, secondary, as well as interviews, and maybe I'll be able to do that in the second version of the book. But um, most of it came from me and, um, mo uh, and, and from information I had collected um, over the previous year, it's, it's interesting because I, I as you say, I, I do exactly the same. Uh, if you look at my Evernote, that's uh, uh, full of small notes. And um, one one of the good things now is that um, I'm, I'm holding an actual hard copy copy of your book. And mm -hmm. one thing I'm missing on this one is the ability to select a piece of text and send it straight to my Evernote. 
Uh, that's yeah, what I, yeah. <laughs> that's what I do on uh, on the uh, um, uh, on, on my tablet. Uh, I can do that straight away with with other books. Um, so I, I've actually thought of a uh, of an app which which could be used on your phone. So you make a picture of of a piece yep. of text. You can select it and then send it to Evernote. That would be awesome. Uh, but that that that's how it works, right? Just reading stuff, making notes, both in your mind and and um, on places where you can easily uh, recall it, find it, find it again, and then um, then work that out. Um, Go ahead. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my first question on the book was uh, why. So you said you talked to Jill Whalen. Uh, that was five years ago already, um, and that's where the idea originally came from. But why putting it down in a book? What, what's well, your goal with um, the book? There, there is. So as a, an adaptive SEO and really good search marketers uh, are very, very adaptive. Um, you know how. You know, search engines are always changing. They're a moving target with uh, stripes one day and spots the next. You know, so to to be successful in that environment, you have to be very adaptable. You have to collect data, consume it, extract insight from it, right? And then adjust your marketing tactics, not every day, but fairly often. And with that state of mind, I started to see some trends, you know, as far back as 2007, 2008, when it came to the importance of content. I came personally... Um, in 2001, I was a uh, um, let me go. <laughs> I was a search guide, web dev, sales guy, or whatever between '96 and 2001. And so I was working at an online marketing agency, and I became, um, you know, I was in charge of a custom web dev and um, and and SEO and other kinds of marketing there. And then when I went to um, become a consultant for a PR firm. Um, and to optimize their site, and then I became a uh, an employee, and then I became a partner, and then became became a CEO, and I changed it from a PR agency to top rank. But um, that exposure to public relations cemented this convergence, this idea I had about convergence of content and and search, and content and optimization applied holistically. So those are seeds of idea. When I say holistically, I'm talking about you know people search for many different reasons. They're not just searching to buy stuff. Most SEOs only care about people who are searching to buy stuff because that's how we make money. That's how we make money for our clients. However, consumers are performing search activity for other reasons. Um, as an example, and I outline in the book, in chapter two especially, is for you know journalists, for example, that are looking for subject matter experts or they're covering a particular company or an executive or a topic. Um, they may be looking for quotes, they may be looking for media, they may be looking for past press releases or stories, and you can optimize your own content for better visibility to that audience. The outcome being not a sale, but the outcome being media coverage of your company without having to pay a PR agency for it. Um, another example of this holistic idea is customer service. People who are already customers and you know they have a problem or a question or whatever, they could pick up the phone and call or they could fill out an email form and someone has to handle that that costs the company money. They could also produce FAQs or deep knowledge base sets of information. And a lot of companies do that, but they don't optimize it. So if you optimize that kind of content that existing customers care about, you can actually mitigate costs related to you know what it takes to maintain a call center or staff customer service online, you know, a real-time chat or whatever. So there's a lot of different in understanding the needs of the customer 
I think you come to understand the opportunities for search. So that's Genesis. And the story I give in the book about why to write the book um, is, you know, I was talking to you. I mean, I didn't want to write a book. I, I, I was, <laughs> I've been approached by Pearson uh, and then Wiley and Shannon Vargo from Wiley worked on me for about a year. And it's funny. We, we met in San Francisco. We met in New York. We met in London. It was funny. And, and, <clears throat> Uh, I thought I'm blogging. What the hell do I need to write a book for? <laughs> you know, um, but but I ran into a uh, Google engineer, Miley Oye, at um, at a conference, and I'd you know talked to her several times before, and I noticed how she had improved her speaking skills, and I talked about how I kind of hack my way. I speak a lot, but I just talk with passion. I'm very interested in our industry and our industry being successful and telling stories about it, and. You know, I get by with crappy speaking skills with my enthusiasm. And I talked to her about this, and she said, "You know, <laughs> well, <clears throat> um, you optimize web pages for better performance, right?" I'm like, yeah. She goes, "Why don't you optimize your speaking skills?" And I thought, you know, wow. That's duh. when you got quiet. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's when you yeah, get quiet. Yeah, and which, it was like, which is rare. <laughs> yeah. Nano. It was a nanosecond that I realized that yeah, sure, I should be- make have better speaking skills. But what really stood out to me was that. You know, um, optimize holistically. Yeah, yeah. That that that's what I've been thinking about for the last five or six years, and maybe I could write a book about that. You know? Yeah, it's 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 one of those ideas where you think if if you read it, you're like, of course, this this makes sense. Everybody knows it, but it needs to be written down to, uh, or or people need to, need to understand it to actually do it. Well, I've realized a lot of the best advice is hidden in plain sight. People are very egotistic about how they see the world. They have a little bit of success and they feel overly confident that they know how to do a thing. And the truth is they don't. And I've I've made sure to write this book in a very non-technical way, a very conversational way. I made sure not to take screenshots of a lot of the current apps and things like that because I wanted it to be timeless and easy for anybody to read. Yep, which which I think you did uh, a great job on. Um, I I think the uh, uh, the part where you I, I was going to ask about that because uh, the part where you talked about how Miley uh, talks about um, optimizing your your speaking skills. Uh, what did you actually because you're as as you say you're a speaker uh, a well known speaker and you speak a lot. Um, what did you do to optimize your speaking skills? I stopped saying um so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that's funny you say that because before the last show, me, Roy, and Brasco were talking about listening back to one of the first shows we did on the radio, and we were just saying um all the time. We still do because we're Dutch, but <laughs> that aside. <laughs> so you stopped saying um. That's it. No, I I try to do a, a briefing document before an event where, and this is something I, you know, do internally. There's marketing reasons to do this too, but who, what, what is the event, you know, the logistics, but then who is the audience? Who do I anticipate? What do I understand about who the audience is? What do they care about? What, you know, what can I do to put myself in their shoes? Are they marketers? Are they agencies? Are there any bloggers? You know, um, what can I do to get the, you know, there are, what are my goals for that speaking event? And this all, this all manifests. Answering these questions manifests as a better presentation because now I'm trying to customize the presentation to that particular audience. But I'm also trying to customize it so I get out of it what I want too. 
And I want to, and that's my kind of uh, approach to things is I want to get, I'll get what I want by giving people, other people what they want. Give to get. Yeah. So, so what, what you're saying is that you're, you're never giving one presentation twice? Um, well, with the book, there are core principles that I do talk about, and I, I make the opening different to customize for that particular audience. If the nature of the presentation calls for a different topic, then, of course, it's a different presentation. Um, but the book presentation tells a particular story, and so there are key concepts in that book presentation that are very similar. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it, it depends. Like if I – at SES, I've been – for four years now, I've been giving a – or three years – something like that. Uh, and this is kind of a long time for someone to be giving a solo presentation, I've realized, uh, called content marketing optimization. And I, I change it every time. I, you know, there are core principles in it that are very similar, but we get feedback. And I take in to count, into account changes in the industry, changes in how I see things, and feedback we get from past presentations and actually flavor each subsequent uh, presentation. So it's an iterative improvement. You know, it's like imagine writing a blog post and getting feedback on it and you get a chance to rewrite it a little bit. The core messages are very similar, but maybe the storytelling is different. Yep. Or maybe the Sorry. fact that you're actually telling a story instead of just giving the facts and benefits, you know? Isn't that how optimizing anything goes? Just improving and improving whatever exactly. you're doing? I, that's what I wanted to get back to, and and that's the frame of mind that's really worked well for me uh, personally and in our business is this continual cycle of hypothesis about what about connections about okay if we do this we expect this outcome, and then putting a plan an approach together or a strategy I guess um, and putting that in place along with tactics and the ability to measure and then monitoring and measuring and making refinements. So it's a continuous cycle. That, uh, yeah, exactly. And that, you know, it's interesting. People ask, uh, my short answer, by the way, to your earlier question, I'll try and be shorter in my answers, but. <laughs> no, uh, just go ahead. <laughs> why, why, did you write, why did you write the book? You know, I wanted it. I think, I think there's an opportunity to change a conversation about what optimization means to people in the SEO industry. Because instead of just worrying about, you know, specific SEO tactics uh, like keyword density or, you know, anchor, you know, percentage of anchor text so you don't get an over-optimization penalty and da-da-da. Certainly, there's a, you have to pay attention to those things. But I think from a longevity standpoint and an effectiveness and performance standpoint, if we simply think of how can we continually optimize for better performance, right? That's what optimization means. And, and we can optimize anything that can be searched on, right? So don't limit yourself just to web pages. Don't limit yourself just to Google Right. Find out where customers are that, or people who influence those customers, and optimize for that. Mm -hmm. So, so would you say that being optimized is like, um, is is it a state of? I think it's actually called one of the chapters called that way, um, state of mind. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is is is, is, be, is state of mind or is it a strategy or a tactic? What, what what would you call it? I, I think it's all of the above, but I think it's what I'm saying here is, and this is like that hidden in plain sight. This is like, well, duh, yeah, that makes sense. Just like it was for me talking to Miley. It's like, well, yeah, that, that makes so much sense. Why didn't I think of that? And that's what it is. It's just a state of mind. It's like, hey, guys, everyone, we've been hammering you know, uh, better ranking performance and things like that for 10, 12 years. And and some folks are, are seeing things a little more bigger picture you know and thinking about what are all the possible opportunities here for us so 
and especially in play, like the affiliate space or f- places where people have to eat what they kill, so to speak, you know, <laughs> they're really, really accountable to whatever the hell it is that they do. You know, they're not just giving somebody a client a report and walking away. You know, they right. actually have to eat based on what they sell, and they're using search as the method of attracting relevant traffic to make those sales. And, and could, so could you, I think could it's a state of that, mind. Could you say that they are just focusing or are, are they doing it wrong? Um, well, sure, they're focused, but, you know, if you stare at the TV too long, <laughs> you'll go blind. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, think, I think, you know, it's a can't see the forest for the trees sort of thing. It, it, it's this, the hyper-focus, the over-emphasis on the minutiae versus a focus on the minutiae plus the bigger picture. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Technical SEO will always be important, period. Well, that's a period. Well, the period is a good ending for the first part of this show because we have to get to our sponsors. So uh, we're going to continue talking about optimizing after the break. So stick with us and we'll be right back. So Brasco, can you take us to the commercials? State of Search returns to cover the world of search marketing after we thank our sponsors. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. In 500 yards, CPA Way will be on your right. You have reached your destination. On the interstate of internet marketing, CPA Way helps you monetize the way. No matter which direction you're heading, CPA Way is your route to low risk revenue. Advertisers, we have paved the way to delivering revenue channels that will meet and exceed your expectations. Publishers, we monitor and manage your campaigns to bring you the most revenue possible. Publishers can feel secure to leverage direct offers, while advertisers can find safety, offering their most valued campaigns. The road to trust, respect, integrity, and honor is just ahead at cpaway.com. Drop into the Webmaster chat room. Webmasterradio.fm. Clothing is optional. Webmasterradio.fm. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. You're listening to State of Search on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are your hosts. 
Hi, and we're back after the break on uh, webmasterradio.fm. And today I'm talking to Lee Arden, who has written a book called Optimize. And um, we're, we're actually just just going through the book, <laughs> in a way, uh, because, uh, because of all the uh, great stuff which is in there. Um, we'll be, uh, in, in the last part, I'll be revealing something from about the book, uh, which you can do from tomorrow on, on the website, if you think that's an interesting book. So stay tuned. Um, Lee, I uh, I was wondering. We were talking about okay, um, optimizing for uh, uh, for more than just your sales. Um, how um, it, it, so? It's important to tailor content to the need of the visitor, right? Right. Um, how important is that? Uh, how no? I'm, let me rephrase that question. Uh, how many people actually realize that you talk? Because you talk to a lot of people. How many people realize that it's not the message that they want to send out they should be sending out? It's the message that the visitor wants to read? Well, yeah, that notion of optimizing for customers. Um, you know, like I mentioned in the earlier segment, a lot of folks in the SEO world are only held accountable to a traffic report or a ranking report or something like that, and and or or maybe some conversion reports, but um, they're not necessarily. There's an assumption that when you get hired, either as an employee or as a consultant to do SEO, that the company doing the hiring really understands their customers well, mm-hmm. and usually they don't, because <laughs> you ask them questions like. You know what's what's your best customer? What's the archetype? What are the common characteristics of your best customer, and how much does it cost to acquire them? What's the profit? You know what's the path to purchase? What's the sales cycle look like? What kind of content has been most successful for you to create awareness versus interest versus consideration versus actually transaction? And you get this silence and look. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and those are all you know those are all customer empathy sorts of things. So. Companies talk about themselves because that's what they know. You know, it's what's important to them. And there's this sort of chest beating that goes on by companies and brands saying, hey, we've got this new product and you should be interested because it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, hey, we're doing this for our community. And, you know, and they're telling instead of listening and, and engaging and interacting and using that interaction as a marketing opportunity. It's one thing to decide for a customer what's best for them because you did some market research and we go, Oh, in the marketplace, there's a market need for this product or service and we can make money off of that. So let's develop that product and bring it to market. And our advertising and marketing will be so powerful that people will want to buy. And and that just doesn't work anymore or not as effectively. It's not as, you know, a successful broad based strategy as it used to be. So the, what's the alternative? It's actually engaging and listening and, um, uh, actually using data, actually using interaction and participation to get some ideas about what it is that customers care about, doing some research into your own customers. And I talk about in the book about developing, you know, doing customer segmentation and maybe even going so far as to creating personas. Vanessa Fox did a really good job of introducing this. Um, David Meerman Scott has talked about it quite a bit too um, in, in the context of search. And in fact, I think that Vanessa is coming out with a second edition of her book, Marketing in the Age of Google, that, that talks a lot more about personas, um, uh, specifically with search. And whereas in my case, I'm talking more about personas in, in the context of content marketing, and search mm-hmm. is just a channel to drive traffic. So, so thinking about what your customers care about, create the content, 
according to that customer segment and where they are in the buying cycle. And what you have is a plan or a framework for buying cycle optimization. And that, that has the benefit of shortening sales cycles. It allows you to actually steal traffic from other companies that are spending gobs of money on broad-based keywords <laughs> and, <laughs> and capturing traffic when those folks have been educated that a product category even exists, that certain mm -hmm. companies sell that product, and now they're ready to buy and voila, bring them over to you. Is, is it more than just keyword research there? Yeah, it's looking at, as I mentioned, in develop, doing customer segmentation as you do with, um, let's say, email marketing, direct mail, or even advertising. Um, you have some sense of what are common characteristics of groups of customers. So if you put, if you do some analysis of your existing customers to find out things like, you know, what did, what did they buy? How often do they buy? How long is the sales cycle? What kind of content do they interact with? Um, you know, to what degree do those customers use social channels? How much are they influenced by social channels? Um, what kind of topics are relevant to them on a, in a social media context? What kind of search keywords uh, resonate with them? Um, and, and kind of developing this sort of picture of a customer group as manifested by, a, and I like to say, a persona. So if we know, okay, here's an ideal customer because they love to buy, they buy for these reasons, here are their goals and their pain points. Once we understand that about our best customers, then we can create a content plan to give them what they need. And we use SEO and social and email and advertising to, draw, to attract them to our meaningful content to inspire them to do what we want them to do, which is to buy stuff to socially share that content and even refer it to other people. Some people, um, which I explain this to uh, in training sessions, their first response is, that means I have to do a lot more work. <laughs> yeah, make more, make more money means <laughs> working smart and working hard. Um, yeah. It's important. Sure, sure. You can skate, but you know what happens when you skate, like skate as in just gliding along without much more effort. Um, you know, momentum will carry you only so far. And but it, is, it is a general issue, though, because uh, or a genuine issue. It's, it's not just uh, do you want to make money or not. It's Sometimes it's marketers who um, their, their managers expect them to do their job in a certain way. And if they start looking at it this way, that means they have to do a different kind of job so they have to leave some of the old-fashioned way of thinking uh, behind them and and do it differently but because there's no proof or not enough proof for the managers um, it kind of feels for them that it's on top of what they're already doing so that uh, next to the 40 hours they're already working they'll need to put in another 40 hours to get this done um, I, I, what would I you say to them I don't know if it's it's a additional you know I don't know if it's a whole another additional set of work. Um, I think if a company is doing some some forecasting, if they're actually paying attention to data, they'll see what's impacting their sales from a search standpoint, and and they should be able to follow trend lines to see whether things are going up or going down, and have some understanding as to why. Mm -hmm. um, and if there's and this is, by the way, one of the most common questions is, how do I get buy-in to this kind of thing? Because it may mean more work. It may mean, and people said the same thing about 
blogging. Hell, let's go back. <laughs> People said the same thing about websites in 97, 98, 99. They said the same thing about blogs, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, in 2001 or 2003, 4, 5, and 6. And they said the same thing about social media, things like Facebook and Twitter or whatever. Whenever a new thing comes out, they say the same thing. And yet yeah, here they, they are. Said, they probably said the same thing when they invented paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what? no. no. <laughs> I'll have to write everything down on paper. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just so, use the poll. No. <laughs> so, so whenever there's something new, you have to have a hypothesis about what's the potential impact. And having that customer – see, here's the, here's the key. And I know there's an intuitive – it makes sense. We should do things for our customers. But you people really aren't. If they actually understood and followed a, a percentage of what they um, – of their inspiration should come from understanding customer behaviors – and in the book, I break it down to, you know, the role of content and information, how people, how your customers discover. By the way, this is how your customers and those who influence them. Those are two yeah. different audiences. They sometimes overlap, but those are two different audiences. So how do they discover content and information? What are their preferences in that? You know, what do they search on? What do they talk about on the social web? Um, the second thing is content consumption, like what formats, you know, uh, what devices, you know, um, mobile obviously is a big deal and who's doing anything about it, really. I mean, how many marketers do you know that are mature in their mobile marketing? It's it's crazy how deficient most of us are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I admit it, you know, and but yet that's where things are going. Um, so understanding of what devices and content formats like video and long form text or tips or whatever. And then the third thing has to do with, um, understanding what motivates them to share or interact with content and, and that customer centricity, that, that understanding of customers is what then guides how you forecast the time you spend doing what, um, and, and, and so it's not a matter of, okay, I'm spending 40 hours on my stuff now and now I got to add 40 hours. Someone will say that that hasn't quite understood the how yet. And this mm-hmm. book, and I'm tr- I'm trying not to you know cite it so much, but it, it, this book does give a blueprint to, to a certain degree on on some a lot of that how. And some of it can replace what people are already doing. Some of it's going to help people do what they're already doing better or more efficiently because there's process involved. So let, let me put this one. Um, on your plate for a minute and see what you would do. Um, there was this. Um, it, it, so th- this is not about a company who wants to make money. This is about government. I was invited by one of the uh, um, government websites uh, one day to talk about one of their websites, which was all about the smoking ban. So you, the reasons why you could not smoke inside bars anymore. And um, they said. Okay, if you do a search for a smoking ban and the Dutch word, the Dutch word for it, if you if you do a search for that on Google, you will not find us. You will only find websites who are complaining about the smoking ban, because there's a lot of complaints about it, um, and we are like no, nowhere to be found. So I started looking at the website, and I found first thing I did was look at at, at the content. And I found that the word smoking ban wasn't on the website at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the word smoking policy, however, was. Uh, so that, my first response was, okay, put the word smoking ban on there. That's, that's a start. And they said, we can't. I said, why not? Well, because um, once there's a rule that once it's discussed in a meeting and we've written down 
um, the official word for it or the official term we're using, then it has to be used in every single outing uh, or out. Um, is that outing? Is that, is that what they call um, every, like, every like, single instance? Yeah, it's like any piece of paper, any yeah. website, any whatever. Um, any media. It, it has any media. It has to be used that by that term. What can uh. you do? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so it's like these self. It's like okay, I have to run a race, but I have to do it holding one leg behind my back. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> this is the life we lead as marketers, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wow. Well, you know, in, in reputation management, right, there's the tactic of, okay, um, you know, let's let's make sure that, you know, you, you do an audit of what you control, and that's yeah. usually your own websites, and, and maybe, you know, you can start some blogs and other things, and, and you can optimize for the brand term that way. But the other thing and that, I, that you do with reputation management, and I think that applies in this case, um, might be is... If there's a way to inspire the use of uh, smoking ban in a positive context, so like if you can identify any defenders uh, of the smoking ban, so there's all these dissenters, right? There's this negative mm -hmm. commentary, and that's what ranks for the phrase. Yes. But try to identify. I would try to identify any content that defends the smoking ban. And I would reach out to them if I can create relationships with them. But I would try to get. I, I would. I would uh, try to get links. Or social shares to the positive representation of smoking ban, and as you do with reputation management, where let's say a brand was talked about positively in the trade press, but the article ranks on page two. If I can get links to that third-party article about a brand, and I can get it to social shares and links, I can get it to rank and uh, on page one and displace one of the negative things. I, I would do that here. So it's content that I don't control. So I don't have to mess with my policy, your, the policy of always having to use the same expression in all media. Um, what I would look for is instances, positive instances of that phrase being used by other people, which has some credibility to it anyway. So actually and optimizing other one, other other websites, other people's, yeah, right. yeah, through through links and social shares, sure. And 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 maybe there's a little bit of outreach to folks to kind of stimulate conversation um, about it. The other thing to consider is to have a presence on those pages where there is dissension. And I don't know if that's part of their social engagement strategy or not. So when someone is complaining about the smoking ban and has a page about it, that someone from the government in a social media or community manager role would be able to say, hey, you know, we, we acknowledge your concerns and, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and, and here's why we're, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and so when someone does see that negative instance of it in the search results, they can see two sides of the story once they actually click through and see the page. Yep. Those are two things that come to my mind. Well, it's uh, it's part of part of what I indeed uh, did with the client. And um, we also tried to – What another thing we did is in the texts, we uh, did get the word um, uh, smoking ban in. But um, after the word smoking policy, saying, you know, uh, smoking policy, uh, which is by some people also called smoking ban, and that took, <laughs> got us the word in a few times. Oh, I, I, so there was a little flexibility. That's good to um, know. Yeah, well, there was a flexibility. Um, the official term used still was smoking policy, but we could say that some people in Right. Normal, on the street, people on the street call it smoking ban. Um, so that, that's how we uh, fixed it, or at least a part of it fixed it. 
Okay, cool. it's about time to go to our second break, and then um, uh, I have a follow-up question on this, actually, after the break, so uh, stay tuned, and uh, we'll be right back with Lee Auden. So, Brasco, can you take us to the commercials? State of Search returns to cover the world of search marketing after we thank our sponsors. As you know, being an expert at f- What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I signed us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries into the 16th Annual International Web Award Competition. Independent judges from around the world recognize the best websites from nearly 100 industries. Web Awards winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site. You can't win if you don't enter. Sign up now at www.webaward.org. Podcasting at the speed of sound. Webmasterradio.fm. The Flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. You're listening to State of Search on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are your hosts. And we are back for already the final part of this State of Search radio show with Lee Auden. And we're talking optimization uh, because of his book, Optimize, and because of the fact that that's what we do, um, or at least uh, we try to do. Um, uh, We were talking before the break about keyword stuff and and, uh, using different um, uh, websites, for example, to optimize for uh, terms. One of the things you uh, uh, mention in the book, is uh, to optimize on different channels. So also optimize YouTube, um, not just uh, uh, your your own website, right? Exactly. Yeah. It it it. Go ahead. Yeah. No. Well, my question was, um, how many marketers actually dare to use unique content because that's what you're aiming for. That's that's what you're writing. Use unique content on different channels. So if you have a Facebook page do different content than on your website. How many do actually dare to do that, to write unique content which is not on your website? Well, so, so that's the thing. So if um, 
if you're an SEO, you've got a list of keywords and the tendency is to be efficient and scale. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a, to me, that's a characteristic of SEOs. They're looking to scale, um, a tactic or they're trying to scale what they're doing to maximize performance. So get the most impact out of the least amount of effort. And um, so when you're managed by a keyword list, that sometimes the challenge is then there's no way I'm going to write original content, you know, for, for, uh, you know, have different content on YouTube versus a, a different tweet versus a different status update or whatever. Um, and I don't necessarily say that you have to have completely original content in every single place, every single time. I'm a big believer in modular content and rather so the ideal to me and what I talk about in the book is being guided by a content plan by by an editorial plan. So again, going back to customers and understand okay, what is it that people are motivated by according to where they are in the buying cycle or even don't even worry about the buying cycle, just what is it that people are motivated by? And when I understand that, then I can uh, th- then I associate keywords with those ideas, with those topics, um, as I understand my customers and their pain points or what motivates them, then I associate keywords with those ideas. And what happens is, is when you use a theme, it's easy to write a couple of variations of the same thing. You know what I mean? Because if I know that, and, and, and understanding customers, I know that, okay, our Facebook audience responds better to giveaways and contests and things like that. Whereas mm-hmm. on Twitter, People enjoy getting links to tips articles and things like that, right? Um, yeah. Or, 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 um, and and also when it comes to the consideration phase of the buying cycle, people like to see videos. You know, they want to see the product being demonstrated. So we'll make sure that we use the video and the show notes, and maybe the script from the video is leveraging that same theme. So, so the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I was, I was thinking. Let's try, let's try and put this in in practice, um, and and combine it with something fun we were just talking about before the show. And uh, the the thing I was saying in the first part of the show, saying that okay, in the last part of the show, I have something. Um, it, Lee kindly offered to give away uh, a copy of Optimize, a book which you uh, must read. We'll we'll be also doing a review on State of Search, but we can give a get give away a, co- uh, a copy on State of Search. What would you say, Lee? Let's do that on Facebook or let's do it on State of Search? Because from for us, traffic to State of Search is what we that's what we live for, so to speak. It's a blog. <laughs> we, we the blog wants traffic. It's the same with the top rank blog you own. Um, uh, you want traffic there. You don't want the traffic specifically to your Facebook page. But it could be a better place to do this, right? Sure. Um, wherever. So we have an outcome, right? Is our outcome traffic or is our outcome? That more people are exposed to the book and they, ref- you know, they buy it and refer it to other people, you know, and yeah. and so, you know, to me, I, I, um, I, I wouldn't, if I, ha- if, if, you know, if I'm sitting here going, okay, which one would I? Well, if I, if I anticipate the best exposure, I'm gonna probably do both. You know, I'm gonna use Facebook to drive attention to, to the blog post. That that would be my tendency. If the Facebook community is really active and there's a lot of engagement there, and the blog doesn't get so many comments, then I would probably do it on on Facebook. So uh, my tendency is to multiple, you know, multi multi promote something. And um, I talk about the hub and spoke. Um, I've been talking about that for years, and other people have too. So I pick mm-hmm. a hub, pick a hub. Just make sure you've got some spokes around it. So if we pick the blog as the hub, yes. then. Use Twitter and Facebook and other things to drive attention to 
to the blog post that give, you know might be talking about the giveaway. If you want to choose the fan page as the hub, awesome. Just make sure we have some spokes around it to drive attention to it. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. Yes. Well, I, I'm, I'm thinking what, what the best way could be to do this is is that um, well, we want people to 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 tell us why they sh should get the book. So what you have to do is, is 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 explain why you are the one who should get the free copy of Optimize, and we'll send it to you. Um, what if what we want to reach is get attention for both the book and the brand uh, uh, state of search. So uh, we're gonna put up. Uh, the, this talk uh, is, is going to be uh, live, of course, on Webmaster Radio. We'll also put it on the website tomorrow. Um, we'll make the announcement with that post that you can uh, win a copy of the book. But we'll also make the announcement on Facebook. Um, the question is, where should people put their answers? Do they tweet it? Do they Facebook it? Or do they... Uh, I think the if, they, if, if they... Um, oh, that's a good... That's a really good question. Um, What's the easiest to monitor? You know, I think I think if they put their comments on the blog, if they if they can put a comment, I would definitely say put a comment on the blog of why you should get a copy of the book. Um, if they do put it on Twitter, that's cool too. Just use the hashtag optimize book, optimize o, oh, you know, not with an S, with a Z. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, o p t i m i z e book. Yes. Optimize hashtag book. optimize book. Do that uh, on uh, on on Twitter, and I think that would be a good hundred, whatever thirty character version of uh, why why to get the why to get the book. Okay, so the uh, the people have to tweet about it, and then the tweets will also show up, um, I think, on 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 the website. So cool. let's do that. Cool. Uh, let me see how how much time have we got. I think we've got time for uh, one or two questions, maybe. Uh, we've got two minutes, so that's that's gonna be <laughs> a close one. <laughs> um, really quickly on, on on speaking, you just uh, you just came from Europe because you spoke in Leeds. You're gonna go to Europe again next week, right? Yes, yes. Um, uh, last week was Leeds uh, Ion Search, which turned out really well. It was great, and um, the next conference is the Fusion Marketing Experience in um, Antwerp, Belgium, um, which I'm excited uh, to do. I'm speaking, uh, doing a keynote there, along with folks like Brian Eisenberg and um, and the brand builder <laughs> Olivier, <laughs> yes. Olivier, Mr. Social ROI, yeah. um, which I'm excited about because I haven't met him in person, and Kristen Javago, who's someone who is a technology B2B marketer I knew about when I first started doing internet marketing. So I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to meet her. I've never met her in person. So there's a really good lineup. Um, it is, yes. It's a great conference too. I've, I've been there the last two years. I'll be there also on the Friday. Fantastic. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to that one too. And uh, you'll love uh, Olivier Blanchard. He's, he's a really nice guy. I met him two years ago. Uh, so that'll be fun. So Lee, I want to thank you very much for this talk. Um, I, I could have talked for hours on this, and I'm sure we will do that, but that will be uh, off air <laughs> and uh, maybe somewhere at a conference. So um, if you, uh, as again, if you're interested in getting a copy, um, either buy it uh, or download it or, uh, uh, or, or try to win it uh, through the, uh, the, the the contest where we're putting on state of search and if you don't win it just buy it it's great so um thanks again yeah thank you boss uh, you know what i'll do is i'll uh, whatever you put up on up on uh, state of search is book.com as well and we'll point to the giveaway on uh, on on state of search great 
Thank you again, and uh, we'll be back next week with another uh, probably live show where uh, Roy will be back too. So thanks again, Lee, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.